Hi, I'm Dora from Dora Nicolau, and my drink of choice is a chai. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven, and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office, and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and welcome to episode 92 of the Work-Wife Wine Time podcast, the podcast for Australian women in business who are looking for connection and the support of other women sharing the same business journey. Hello and welcome. It is Gemma and Michaela here with you today. Hello. Hello. Oh, isn't that lovely? It's always lovely to hear from you. Today, we want to do an episode that's quite, it's a little different actually. We've never done it before, which is quite bizarre because it's such an important Thing, to think about, you know, and it, it's interesting because what now now this just randomly popped into my head. It's like we do so so much with our marketing and things like that. We often forget about the laws behind it, right? Which kind of doesn't make sense. That that really should be in the forefront of our minds. So what we want to talk about is ethical and you know non pushy marketing so of course we're going to cover ethics behind it laws behind it and that annoying pushy marketing is what we're going to cover today so definitely stay with us because it's it's super exciting and I guess what prompted marketing geeks you know if you're a marketing nerd it's super exciting. exciting yeah what prompted this episode was last year uh Kmart, so for all of our Australian listeners, this is Australian Kmart, not US Kmart, um, we're, we're done and come down on for uh, basically illegal email marketing. So Mick, do you want to take it from here since you are you are quite the email marketing nerd that we all love? I am happy to A, take that title and B, take it from here. So, <laughs> so what happened, it, this... This was reported back in November last year. So Gemma and I have been going, oh, let's do an episode on this for that long. <laughs> Takes us a little while, but we got there in the end. So they were, Kmart were actually hit with a $1.3 million fine for sending thousands of unwanted, unwarranted marketing emails. Um, And what we kind of mean by that is, there are spam laws in place for email marketing. So on an international level, so in Australia, we have the Australian Spam Act. In the USA, I believe it's called the Can Spam Act. Oh. Um, in the UK, Privacy and Electronic Communications Regulations. Mm. In Germany, the Federal Data Protection Act. And in France, it's the Code of Postal and Electronic Communications. Um, and there's also GDPR, which is, you know, mm. kind of an international guideline thing. Um, but the these are the actual you know. regional laws yeah. um, that relate to that. So well, basically with the laws, um, people have to actually actively consent to receiving marketing emails. 
And from my understanding, this is the mistake that Kmart made. So sometimes when you buy something online, you might see that there's a little checkbox or something that says, you know, I consent or I wish to receive marketing emails or emails with certain offers and all that kind of crap. We've all seen it. Mm -hmm. And the box can be pre-ticked. It's actually not recommended that you do. You want to leave that blank Mm -hmm. for people to tick. Um, But basically what happened is if, say, I was buying something from Kmart, I was purchasing uh, a lamp. That just came to me out of nowhere, (laughs) not related to anything. I purchased a lamp online from Kmart (laughs) and I didn't. You've just got me. You've got me right in to I love lamp. You with me? Okay. This is an important lamp. I didn't tick my little I consent to sending me your marketing stuff box, which is very in line with me. Um, And so the types of emails, out of me making that purchase, the types of emails that came out are allowed to send me without that extra consent are stuff that are specifically related to the item that I have purchased. Mm. So they can send me, you know, um, postage stuff like, or, you know, we're packing your order, we're shipping your order, um, did you receive your order, we'd love your feedback on your order, here's some FAQs on your order, here's how to style your room around your new lamp purchase, you know, Things that are specifically related to my purchase, Mm. they are fully able to send me. It's called inferred consent, and I will get onto that a bit more in a minute. Things they can't send me are notifications of sales, um, information on other products that they've got, like anything not specifically related to what I've purchased from them. They are not able to send me if I do not tick that box somehow, and I believe they blamed their technology, they ended up sending just general marketing emails to people that did not tick that box but have purchased other things. So that's what it's all about. And, you know, 1.3 million is a large amount of money and it just goes to show you that, you know, there are regulatory bodies who are checking on this stuff. Like it, it is a law and mm. there are consequences for not complying with those laws. So let me give a really quick breakdown. And this, like basically all those international laws, laws that I mentioned, if you follow these three steps, you will pretty much get it right, okay? So the first step is get permission. Mm. Now, there's two types of of permission. There's express permission and there's inferred permission, as I mentioned before. So express permission is, you know, me ticking that box or you as a coach saying to your client, can I add you to my email list or my newsletter list? Or it's, you know, um, when someone signs up for a lead magnet or something on your website you've got a disclaimer under the box saying, when you sign up for this, you are also added to my newsletter list and will receive newsletters, marketing emails, whatever. 
like it's basically a case of when you press submit or tick this box, you, people know exactly what they're going to get from you. So it's an express yes or no. They agreed to do it to sign up or not. The other type inferred permission is a really important one to know as well. So the inferred is, as I said, receiving emails specifically about the product that you're purchasing or related to that product. But if you're a service-based business, it's also like it's actually really reasonable for you to add a client to your newsletter list because if they've paid you money, it's because they're interested in what you're in what you do and what you've got to say. So you don't actually have to get their express permission to do that. You can take that as inferred permission. And I do that. I've got the tech set up so that when a client signs a contract with me, they become a client, they automatically get added to my newsletter list. So that is totally legal. It's if there's a reasonable expectation that they would be happy to receive your stuff, then that's okay. So that's express versus inferred permission. And it's really, really, really important. You know, you can argue inferred permission um, and express permission is obviously really blatant. So it's, it's butt covering really well. So that's the first thing that you really need to be aware of with your email marketing. The second thing is you must identify yourself as the sender in the emails that you send. So what that means is, you know, in your um, sent from line, I can't think of what's it called. It's not sent from line. You got your subject. Oh, send a line. Send a line. <laughs> <laughs> I've only had one cup of coffee. It is morning time. Um, so it's, you know, Put in your business name or your name. Like mm. you've got to really clearly identify who the email is from. Yeah. That's the first, the first bit. You also, so it needs to be your name and your business name. So whether you just have your name or your business name in the sender line, that's fine. But in the rest of the email, you have to have things that clearly identify who it's from. So with me, I always have, and we do it for both our podcasts. We have a banner at the top that really clearly identifies mm -hmm. who the email is from. Yeah. And you also need full contact details down the bottom of the email. And by full contact details, it's a street address. Mm. You can't have a post office box. You can't just say like Sydney, Australia. You must have a full address to comply. Now you can have an office address, um, but like I said, you can't have a post office box address. I have different feelings about this because it's mm. like, you know, a lot of us have, especially as coaches, we have online businesses, so we work from home. Yeah. So, you know, I struggled quite a bit um, with putting my home address on there, but, you know, it, it's actually required Yeah. Um, by law, by the laws. So you need to make sure that in the footer or somewhere you do have a street address where people can contact you. Yeah. Um, and the last thing is that you must make it easy to unsubscribe. And this is super duper important. So I'm going to throw to you, Jim, <laughs> so you can sort of um, tell your sort of experience with this. 
Yes, there there is a business and I've been trying to unsubscribe from this business's email for a long time. And this it's it's a very reputable business. It's not, you know, I don't know, a backyard job, but which, you know, doesn't mean they're not a reputable business, but you know, quite a well-known company and I've been trying to unsubscribe from these emails for over a year (laughs) and no matter what I do I cannot find an unsubscribe now they send really really long emails so you know how sometimes you need to click out of the email to open it then in a web browser because it's yeah so I've done that how many times scroll to the bottom there Still nothing. So, you know, unless I'm completely missing it, I don't know, but it it is extremely difficult to unsubscribe. And potentially at one point I may have found it and then gone through to something where it's made me log in and do something and something on a different, you know, web yeah. browser. So it, it's just, yeah, it's it's not right. Like you can't do that to, to people. Do you know what I mean? It's just impossible to unsubscribe from these emails. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and what you've just described, like that does go against the, the laws. Yeah. It's like, it needs to be, you know, a, if you would like to stop receiving these emails, unsubscribe here and an active hyperlink, something really simple like that. You also, like you mentioned about having to click through to open the email in a browser that little message about unsubscribe must appear in the email. Mm. Like it's got to be that simple. It's got to be in the footer of the email so people can scroll down and click it. And trying to get someone to log in to unsubscribe is also not okay. Yeah. It literally needs to be click here, you click there. Ideally, they're immediately unsubscribed. Yeah. You can have a, you know, confirmation page are you sure you want to unsubscribe yeah it needs to be that simple needs to be there's a link you click it and you're done so there and a lot of your email marketing platforms like MailerLite, MailChimp um, you know active campaign I can't think of all the many ones I've used over the years they will generally do that for you because it is part Mm. of the GDPR so it is like you know an international um standard I guess so I guess my biggest um tip there is don't go messing with the auto-generated footers and the (laughs) other thing about the auto-generated footers is they'll often put your business details including the address in the bottom for you yeah email marketing platforms will pretty much tick the boxes for you to ensure that you do do the right thing yeah, and they're doing that for a reason, right? You know, it's they're not just doing that for no reason. Like... Exactly. <laughs> so, so you know, to ensure that you're doing the right thing, they're the things you've got to be aware of. Make yeah. sure that you've got consent, you're really explicit as to who you are and what you're about, and that people can unsubscribe. And the fact of the matter is, like, if people don't want to receive your content, you don't want them. No. On your email list. No. You know, for for one thing, they might start reporting you as spam. Yeah. 
which is really not good for your email deliver deliverability. But also you just, like, if people aren't interested in what you've got to say, they're not your people. They're not going to spend money with you. No. So. That's what really baffled me. It's like, why, 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 why you know, does this business want me to remain on the email? Like, I don't want the emails anymore. I'm not going to buy from you again. And I'm certainly not going to buy from you again now, you know, and it, it's, it's reputation. I mean, it's so much, you know, I can tell people this business, don't sign up to their emails. You'll never get off it. You, you know, it, it doesn't make sense as to why you would want to force someone to remain on an email list. That's so weird. A, that's a really interesting um, kind of train of thought though, because I was doing some work looking at um, stats and things in the back end of a email marketing platform for a business the other day, just a few days ago. And I noticed that like on their email list, they had a really, you know, like their email list, I think is about 5,000 people or something. And they had an undeliverable or a bounce kind of rate list consisting of about 650 emails. And the thing that I often find, because I come across this quite a lot, um, or I have in the past when I've worked with clients, is that people are really hesitant to delete those emails from their list mm. because, you know, it'll, because then they won't have as big a list, despite the fact that the people aren't getting the emails you know, it's like what? What's the thought process? It's where we we yeah. want to hang on to these these subscribers, even mm. though, you know, in the case of not having an unsubscribe button, they might not want to be subscribers. Mm. Um, or in this case of the bounce rate, it's like they're not getting the emails anyway. But there seems to be like a bit of a psychological barrier to to letting it go that's so interesting it makes me think about the same thing on social media when people worry so much about how many followers they have yeah when that's that, so true it doesn't mean anything or make a difference you know unless you've got Ooh. a like a high engagement rate or things like that what's the point of having ten thousand followers when most of them are bots and you've got five likes on a post like that doesn't work it's mm. the same thing it's gonna just faff up all your analytics within your emails so it, it it's going to look shit you, you want that smaller list you want to get rid of those people have that smaller list with them with a higher open rate and a click-through rate you know it's so weird it doesn't it doesn't make sense when people focus on those wrong analytic points you know mm. so weird yeah. yeah yeah and it's like you know data as a business owner Data is so, <laughs> I know I'm moving very swiftly into your new realm here, Gem, but data yeah, is so, so important and so valuable. I know. To a business. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. not like, I guess in this way, you've got all this, you will have all this data that actually won't be particularly useful to mm, help you in totally. making good decisions in your business yes yeah totally absolutely it's really not going to be helpful at all and um yeah you could it's interesting you say that because you could start to make 
I don't want to say the wrong decisions, but almost based on that data you have, that's not quite accurate, it, mm. you know? So again, it could sort of push you to start focusing more on what's not as valuable as what you could be, you know, with a more active list, with a smaller list, whatever it may be. Uh, it's so interesting. Mm. Uh, look how technical we're getting today. <laughs> I know. It's like musing different. <laughs> Well, before we bore you all, uh, <laughs> we do want to touch on pushy, pushy marketing because, I mean, it, it sort of segues into it perfectly because if you think about it in, in this sort of way of, you know, not letting someone unsubscribe, that's quite pushy. You know, it's pushing mm. that onto someone that doesn't want to see it, you know, starting to send marketing emails to p- people who haven't opted in super pushy but yeah we're, we're thinking of other ways and something I know <laughs> I know Mick hates a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh god overdoing the the scarcity as in um you know those timers and countdowns that may not necessarily be true <laughs> what do we mean here tell us <laughs> Okay, so back when I first was learning about marketing and particularly email marketing, I remember being taught that, you know, when you're creating your email marketing funnel, as you kind of move people through, you do the initial nurturing emails and then you go in for the sale and you want to make stuff time sensitive to Mm. pressure people into buying and that that's I hate that I I have all sorts of in my slow and joyful lifestyle I have all sorts of issues around you know pressuring people into making sales and I actually actively don't make sales when I'm being pressured into it just as my little way because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that but um but yeah we were always taught to make an offer time sensitive Mm. and the thing that always used to get me is we had to talk about the offer as if it was time sensitive or we're encouraged to talk about the offer as if it was time sensitive even though it wasn't actually time sensitive you know like oh get this for this special price until you know you've got seven days and then you send another email five days left two days left 24 hours left Whereas in actual fact, like the price is fixed and whoever goes through the funnel at any time or even after the funnel could still purchase it for that price. But it's creating the illusion Mm. of scarcity and trying to, in my, like my thoughts about it, are bully people into the sale. But, you know, I I accept that that's all my stuff around that. But that's how I feel about it. That's I actively avoid doing that and always have um, just because that doesn't sit well with me. And, you know, especially because to use a word that you used before we jumped on this um, recording and I'm using air quotes here because it's not authentic. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, I don't know. It's my my values and ethics, but I I really don't like it. I really dislike it a lot. 
Yeah, no, totally. And and we're we're laughing at authentic because it, you know, I mean, it it's the word to use, but we're laughing because it's such an overused buzzword. Yes, yeah, I've got, I kind of feel like every time you use it now, you've got to have the air quotes. Got to have to, do, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you have to, you have to air quote it. But it is the right word, but yeah, yeah. That it's just, yeah, it's like, oh, I don't want to use that word again, but <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And look, we're not, we're not saying don't use scarcity tactics. We're not saying don't put, you know, time limits on things, but you know, if you do, here it comes again, be authentic about it. Oh my, why is there no perfectly aligned synonym for the word authentic? (laughs) Genuine. There we go. Be genuine. That is a new word. (laughs) So it's interesting because I've been, and I know this is my stuff in my head, but I'm a very interesting purchaser of things when it comes to um I guess personal items you know clothing whatever it may be so I I will watch something (laughs) over and over and over and I stalk things online I have this exercise outfit that I stalked for I think 13 months and I got it at like the dead possible cheapest you could because (laughs) I learned yeah, I learned when their sale times were. Then I learned that on specific sale days, they then add an extra 30% off. So I waited till this item was discounted so low and then had that day of 30% off. Anyway, rambling about nothing. So I'm a very interesting purchaser. <laughs> so I'm currently stalking something at the moment. Anyway, I noticed they, had, they have a buy two, get one free. Now, this may not be something that's not genuine, right? So if they are having a sale and putting a genuine sale off the price of something for a limited amount of time, that's fine. And you can do the same, right? But it, it, it's pretty funny because I, I looked at it and one of the first times I saw it was like five hours left of this. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I left it and I went back and then like two days later it had, 28 hours left of the bike to get one free. I'm like, oh, come on, man. So I'm trying to sift through the website and see when this is actually going to end, this sale. And then I did find somewhere when I looked into, because uh, I'm also one of those people who hate paying for shipping. Oh, my God, me too. Right? Yeah. So, of course, I'm like, oh, I wonder what the shipping is on this. <laughs> So I went into the shipping and it had that they're actually moving their their warehouse. So they're so busy in the middle of, you know, packing everything up or stock up and moving it. They're not actually sending anything out until X date. And that date, I think, was about two weeks after this time. So I'm like, man, clearly they're going to leave this two for one or buy two, get one free sale until that happens. So they're not losing sales in the meantime. You know, you've got to sometimes sift through things and figure it out but you know don't give me those bullshit countdowns yeah do you know what I mean say this often ends on x date yeah you know don't try and oh my god I have to buy it now because I've only got five hours left don't do that it's it's pushy and it's not genuine (laughs) yeah and you know just as an aside too knowing what I know about email marketing yeah I also, because, you know, I, the free shipping thing, and often when you 
like you've got to enter some details. Generally, they'll first ask you for your email address before yeah. you can go on to find out about shipping. Yeah. And what they'll then do is start sending you abandoned cart emails. Yes. So this is potentially not related to a service-based business unless you sell other products. But just an interesting thing as a shopper. So I often do that because, you know, like as we know again from what we've learned through marketing is some tactics that people will use to try and get your sale across the line is, oh, here's a limited time 10% extra 10% off or <laughs> hey we saw you still haven't purchased this item in your cart yeah free shipping like that's how I shop yeah me too <laughs> oh what marketers know things about stuff yeah totally <laughs> and it's interesting because look we're we're in the business we get it we've been doing this for a long time we're very experienced in you know sales tactics, marketing tactics, online things, all of the stuff. So, you know, not everyone is. So they're not aware of this. So these these companies are getting those people in, in that way. However, there are so many marketers around, so many other business owners around, so many, I don't know, analysts or IT people or whatever that have an understanding of this. So again, it's a reputation thing. You know, so I'm going to go and tell people don't order from this bloody company or don't do this or this person did that or that business did that. And the word of mouth will spread, you know, you're you're bad word of mouth. So there's those things that you want to be careful of as well. You know, do the people on your list maybe have some idea what you could be doing? And if so, do it in the right way then. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.